Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 195, Seek First to Understand. It's January 25th, 2024. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and so on. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any fashion. There is no longer any music for my podcast intros and outros, as I am working to be inclusive for individuals who have hearing loss or who are hard of hearing. I invite you to join the movement and get other podcasters and social media people to ditch the music when combined with voice. That would be inclusive. End of non-musical intro. Seek first to understand, oh my heavens people, this topic came in out of the blue, hot and fast. And I have quite a few things to say about it. Before I break it apart, please enter my giveaway, which you can find on my website. The winners will be notified probably, I'm thinking March now, and then I'll ship the prizes after I hear from the winners. My disclaimer, I mentioned in the intro, nothing I say in this podcast or any other content is designed or intended to be medical or therapy advice. I do have transcripts for my podcasts on my hosting platform, rss.com. Unfortunately, they are not in a great format. I am aware of that and working to fix it. I do apologize. If you are listening to this podcast feeling hopeless, suicidal, life is not worth living, I'm asking you to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 273-8255 or you may call or text 988. There is help available and it's not unreasonable that you're feeling that way, in my humble opinion, based on all the knowledge and research I'm familiar with. So make the call or text and take some of the help that's available. I promise you, your life can become more meaningful, better, richer, and happier. I promise you. All right, seek first to understand. Well, some of you know where I'm going with this. Some of you are like, what is she talking about? And some of you may recognize that it's commonly attributed, this phrase, seek first to understand, is most commonly attributed to Stephen Covey in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. At the same time, what have we learned, my lovelies, over the last couple of years from the research? There is almost nothing, almost nothing that's being discussed or of value or significant significance that wasn't discussed thousands of years ago. That's almost the rule. It's, it's a pretty good rule. It's pretty common. So one attribution for this phrase, seek to first, seek first to understand, comes from the St. Francis prayer, St. Francis prayer, which goes, quote, O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand. And that's referenced around 1912. However, if we go back further in the Bible, Proverbs 4, verses 7, the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. 
and with all your acquiring, get understanding. So that's Proverbs 4 through 7. Now, as I said earlier, this goes back to the beginning of mankind. So if you look at the writings under the category of ancient philosophy, they have this word epistem, which is derived or comes then from the word or goes to the word epistemology. If you've never heard the term epistemology or epistemology, that is the study of everything we know in the universe and how we know it. It's a branch of philosophy that examines the nature of knowledge. How do we know what we know? What there is, what is there to know? How do we know what we know? And it looks at, at its presuppositions and foundations as well as its extent and validity and i have actually met someone whose field was epistemology epistemology now in the ancient days epistem and that's e-p-i-s-t-e-m-e -E, was translated to mean knowledge and more recently they've translated it into being understanding if you look at a stoic philosopher like marcus aurelius who was an ancient Emperor, um, emperor in ancient Rome, he, this is a quote from Marcus Aurelius, quote, you have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find strength, end quote. Another one phrase quote from Marcus Aurelius, which I had to include, even though it's not exactly in alignment with the topic, it kind of is, quote, confine yourself to the present, end quote. Now, Aristotle interestingly wrote, quote, the energy of the mind is the essence of life, end quote. Well, I had to include that because I recently did a podcast on the power of your mind. And here we have Aristotle talking about the energy of the mind is the essence of life. So he's really kind of speaking to the power of your mind. Now, Socrates, here's a quote from Socrates, quote, one thing I know that I know nothing. This is the source of my wisdom, end quote. So the idea, seek first to understand, or that understanding is a, a point of wisdom, goes back to the beginning of mankind. It's not just Stephen Covey in, in the 1900s. Now, getting understanding in this podcast, I am talking about understanding another person's input, feelings, state, conditions, opinions, or what have you, before you're bringing to the table your positions, your feelings, your, your whatnot. So the idea is seek first to understand the point of reference, feelings, opinions, thoughts, etc., of another human being before you look to be understood. So it's seek first to understand before you're asking to be understood. It's the opposite of what some people do because some people do the me, 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 me. Like it's all about them. So this, this idea, in Stephen Covey's model in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he talks about a win, win, win where you have a win for the individual, win for the individual, win overall. And he also talks about win-lose. I'm not really getting into that. I'm going into it in a different, different perspective. So as someone who has utilized this philosophy 
as a foundation for living life where and when I can, I'm going to give you my rendition of the list of benefits because I didn't really find that much in the research. I think that this is under philosophy. It's so convoluted. It just wasn't really helpful. So here's my rendition of the benefits. If you employ this seeking first to understand another person, group, entity, or what have you. Number one, improved relationships. Two, improved communication. Three, less drama. Four, less conflict, less miscommunication, less tension. Five, increased respect. Six, it's a position of strength and power. Seven, it feels better. Eight, it can reduce anxiety because you have clarity on needs, desires, expectations, etc. Nine, it helps to protect your peace. Ten, it absolutely makes for better leaders in several ways. Twelve, it provides for more realistic expectations for you in life, whether that's personal, professional, etc. Thirteen, it improves outcomes or results most of the time. 14, it can save time, it can save money, and it can definitely save resources. 15, it can help you improve damaged relationships where there's something that went amiss. So that's my top 15 benefits for employing the idea of seeking first to understand. So what are the things that interrupt, thwart, or stop you seeking to understand another person, entity, organization, what have you. Number one is lack of control. We do have people who do not have control over their mind, their emotions, their their behaviors. So a lack of control, in my humble opinion, will absolutely thwart or interrupt a person's ability to seek first to understand. Two, irrational thinking. Three, someone who is self-absorbed or self-centered will have a problem with this concept and and struggle. Four, anyone who falls into the category of being a narcissist, a psychopath, a borderline personality disorder, or some other mental health diagnoses will absolutely have issue in this area. Number five, lack of emotional abilities. I'll be talking about emotional abilities a little bit later on, but this is a problem that can stop you seeking to understand someone else or an idea or entity. Six, trauma, unhealed trauma, unhealed wounds, and trauma bonds. Seven, domestic abuse or domestic violence. Eight, if you are up in your head, in other words, you are not present. You are not being present. Nine, lacking self-awareness. And 10, being arrogant, opinionated, judgmental, righteous, or a know-it-all, which is very common in life, unfortunately. That's very common. So there's a top 10 of things that will be either a slight problem or a huge problem or a showstopper for you seeking first to understand. The next part of this podcast, I am going to address why this is so significant in my humble opinion. Now, again, we already know that ancient philosophers, ancient writers, ancient emperors, ancient people, including Christianity and the Bible and other religious teachings have been talking about this idea. 
This is not new. So why is it so significant? I'm gonna give you some items of note. Number one, this is one way. If you seek to understand someone else, entity or what have you, prior to seeking for them to understand you, this is a way to see other people. This is a way where other people can not only be seen, they can be heard, they will feel understood. And this is, this is very significant. Many times in life, people do not feel heard. They do not feel seen and they do not feel understood. So this brings the possibility of seeing another human being for who they are, of hearing them and of them feeling understood. Two, this is one way to show love and affection for a human being. This is one way to show that you value them enough to want to understand them, understand their emotions, their position, and where they are in life. As a person who operates from love and affection, of course, I would love this idea. Of course, of course, of course. Number three, why would you not want to understand someone else? Well, there may be people in your life who simply aren't playing a significant role, or they might be somebody you don't like. I mean, there are a few reasons why you might not care to understand someone else. But I personally find it very helpful and valuable to understand others, even if they don't like me. Now, I, I rarely dislike other people. I might feel sorry for other people because they have a sad life or their, their behavior is sad or problematic, but there, there are a few people I don't like. There's just very few people I don't like. There's people I won't tolerate because they're dangerous, but I don't know. So if you lack self-awareness, you might not have any inclination to want to understand someone else. The question I have is, is it possible for a person who lacks someone, lacks self-awareness to actually understand someone else and where they're coming from and all that? I don't really know. I don't know the answer to that question. I think it's a good question. But what we do know is that knowing yourself first which is the cornerstone and foundation of emotional intelligence and clearly critical to having emotional abilities is front and center. So I don't know why you wouldn't want to understand somebody else, but you may have some good reasons. So number four, when you as a human being are up against it, that's my term up against it, meaning you have a difficult life challenge. You might have multiple life challenge or challenges or big problems, what is predictable is that you will have a reduced emotional bandwidth, which will make it difficult or possibly nearly impossible for you to have the capacity to think about where someone else is coming from, to even understand someone else. I am bringing this up in the significance category because I would request that you have a big, huge dose of compassion for yourself and develop realistic expectations if you are dealing with problems or life challenges. 
it's not realistic for you to have an unlimited emotional bandwidth when you're dealing with multiple life challenges or big life challenge. Like, it's just not realistic. I do have a podcast on emotional bandwidth that'll make that crystal clear, I think. And that might be helpful. So even though I, as a human being, have high emotional intelligence and I have high self-awareness and emotional abilities, even I have found it difficult at times to be able to have enough emotional bandwidth to understand where someone else is coming from and seek first to understand. Now, in several of those instances, I have actually said to someone, I, this is really important to me and I really want to understand you in this situation. At the same time, I'm, I'm up against it. My emotional bandwidth is low. I, I can't deal with this right now. And I didn't feel bad about that. I did not. I mean, I, I would like to have different circumstances or situations sometimes. And I work to protect my peace. But sometimes you just have to understand that that's how it goes. And very helpful to be able to understand that about yourself and give yourself grace and compassion. Number five, this is a foundation of what many, if not most people actually want in their life. What most people, if they could be honest and authentic and truthful, would voice the fact that they would like to be understood, they would like to be valued, and they would definitely like to be appreciated for who they are. This is the natural inclination of human beings, even though we don't express that, and even though we don't openly talk about, that's what people need, that's what people want. So this concept of seeking first to understand someone else or something else or some other entity nurtures individuals relationships and society overall even though we are not widely discussing it number six understanding where another human being is coming from and to understand them it's not easy it's not necessarily simple i do have a podcast titled what is your evidence? That podcast will give you some ideas on the different tactics and strategies I use to drill down to understand where someone is coming from. How, it's the kind of the, the underpinnings of the techniques and strategies I use to understand someone else because understanding other people is important to me. So there's a whole podcast that will give you ideas on that. Number nine, of all kinds of factors that will muddy the waters on this subject of seeking first to understand, irrational thinking on your part will make it very difficult because if you have irrational thinking, also called a cognitive distortion, that means that your thinking your thoughts, your thinking, your perceptions, your judgments, and your conclusions are inaccurate, flawed, or distorted. That's a problem that you can take care of over time. And I do have a podcast on cognitive distortions. And I now at this point have additional podcasts on specific cognitive distortions like 
all or nothing or black or white thinking, which is very common. And I have another podcast that's on mind reading and fortune telling, also cognitive distortions. This is something you can deal with. At the same time, if your thinking is irrational, that's going to prohibit you in a big way from understanding someone else, in my humble opinion and experience. Number eight. Being able to be open and willing to say that you made a mistake and ditch righteousness or ego or pride or something else will go a long way to this idea of you seeking to understand someone else. Because sometimes, quite frankly, we get it wrong. We make mistakes. We sometimes get things totally wrong. To be able to say to another person, you know, I, I apologize for texting you. I apologize for calling you. I apologize for this, that, 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 whatever. I, I got it wrong. It's, it's powerful. Powerful for you. And whether it makes a difference for them or not, it's still powerful for you to be able to be open to admit mistakes or when you got it wrong. Number nine. When someone else in your life is irrational, meaning they have a cognitive distortion, that is very likely or predictably going to make it hard for you to understand them because their thinking is flawed. Now, the discovery of this idea that they have a cognitive distortion or the fact that they're irrational in their thinking is extremely valuable and very helpful in your relationship to them. Now, What you do about that is very complex and depends on a whole lot of things. I would use my emotional workbook that's on my website for free to sort that out because that's way more complex than I'm going to get into here. What I'm saying though is when you are operating from seeking first to understand someone else and you figure out, oh, they are black or white, all or nothing. That's valuable. That's extremely helpful. And then what, where you go with that depends on a lot of things. So use my workbook. Number 10, if a person you are trying to understand has low self-esteem, what is extremely likely and extremely predictable is that they, as a person, are adding negative meaning, negative nuances, negative whatever, to the relationship and to things that you did or said that you didn't do or say. Oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes someone with low self-esteem does that. It's very common. It's extremely common. Some people with low self-esteem are awake and aware to understand and know that they do that. I mean, I have talked to people. I just talked to somebody late last year and they said, yeah, yep, I do that. Oh yeah, I definitely do that. And I know that I do that. I said, oh, wow, that's good. It's good that you know that. We have, however, people who are unaware that they do that. But it's helpful for you to understand that because that can complicate relationships it can actually ruin relationship it's a it's a problem so but for you if you are seeking to understand someone else this can be a powerful tool because i have said to people hmm 
why are you behaving this way? Why are you thinking this? Why are you saying this? Again, going back to my podcast on what is your evidence? And sometimes it comes out, well, because you were belittling me. And I'm like, what? What? What did I say that was belittling? Oh, you're saying that a fact that I gave you, which doesn't have any connotation, is belittling. And they're like, yes. And so then we tease that apart and then go, okay. So people who have low self-esteem will frequently, the way they can invert things and change things around blows my mind. I'm, I'm familiar with it now enough for a long time, having dealt with people who are irrational, a diagnosed psychopath, etc. It's less shocking, but people who have low self-esteem can take a huge compliment and turn it into the nastiest dig. That's that's how bad it is for some people. This is helpful for you to understand either A, if you have low self-esteem, you do you might do that, then you can interrupt that. But B, if you're trying to understand someone else and they happen to have low self-esteem, it's very powerful. Very powerful. Number 11, hopefully, hopefully you would like your relationships whether that's personal, professional, neighborhood association, sports, whatever, to be filled with love and affection, trust, respect, mutual goals, etc. This concept of seeking first to understand is a foundation to that end. It just is a foundation to that end. 12. In seeking to understand a person who's in your life, your circle, your tribe, at work, or wherever, you might discover, after you engage in this process of seeking to understand someone else, that they could be a narcissist, a psychopath, they could be a borderline personality disorder, or have some mental health issue, or they could just be your... I'm now going to call it the garden variety abuser or simply consumed by their own addictions, self-absorption, or have some other issue or trait. You might discover that on this pathway of seeking to understand someone else. That will be both painful and problematic on so many levels. It really, it really is. At the same time, helpful to discover that. This is one of the powers and significant aspects of seeking first to understand. It's very powerful. Now, if you discover on your journey to be understanding others first, that someone's a garden variety abuser, I just came up with that term. I really like it though, uh, because it distinguishes an abuser from someone who has a real serious mental health issue, you know, or what have you. Use my free emotional workbook to sort it out. It's not like black and white. Nothing is black and white, almost nothing. There might be a few black and white things, but that's not very common. But use my workbook because it's painful. It's painful no matter what your relationship with them. And I also have several other podcasts that will help you if this is the case. Like it's gonna be painful, you gotta deal with your emotions. But you probably need lots of other information as well. Number 13, on your journey to understanding someone else, on, the, on this journey to seeking first to understand people in your life, 
you might discover that they are jealous, they are envious, resentful, or they hate you. You might discover, separate from the abusers, psychopath, narcissist, etc., that I just mentioned, you might discover that they're a hater or that they just are resentful of you or they have contempt for you. So this may be because they've rewritten history, they've rewritten the narrative so that you're the bad guy and they don't have to deal with themselves. They may be engaging in a smear campaign, drilling holes in your boat, and getting other people to hate you. You might discover that. And that is deeply sad, very painful, problematic, It's but yet yeah, it's common. I hate to break it to you. It is common. I have several podcasts that will help you, whether it's smear campaigns, triangulation, flying monkeys, or your haters. Lots of podcasts that will help you. You do, however, have to front and center deal with your emotions because it's painful. It's painful. And, and again, sometimes you don't discover this until you're trying to understand why are they behaving like that? Why are they, why are they doing that? So that's, that's another aspect. Number 14. It's probable or possible in seeking first to understand someone else, separate from the other areas I've already mentioned, you might discover someone just isn't for you. They're not a hater. They're not out to get you. They're not engaging in a smear campaign, but they really are not for you. Meaning they do not have your best interests at heart. They're not an abuser, not a psychopath, not a narcissist, not a, nothing I've already mentioned, but they just are not for you. That again is helpful to discover. It's very, it's very helpful to discover, it's like amazingly helpful to discover. It's also painful. So deal with your emotions using my workbook and understand some people are just not going to be for you. They're just not. And that doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean you did something wrong. It doesn't necessarily even mean that they're jealous or envious or resent. None of the other things, they just are not for you for whatever reason. My last note before I give you some suggestions on employing this in your life as a tool is that in intimate relationships, now this could be an intimate um, romantic relationship or it could be in the beginning of dating or the beginning of a romantic relationship. And this could also be in a platonic relationship. So either way, what is predictable is that your personal issues, your own fears, your own concerns, your insecurities will surface, which can interrupt your understanding of the other person in, in, in a significant way, actually. It's just reasonable and normal in the beginning of anything, or even sometimes later on, that your own securities, fears, worries, past hurts, wounds, traumas, all that stuff will surface. It's very likely. The more you are self-aware and the more you can uh, identify these things, the better chance you have of understanding the other person. Because when you're trust issues surface. Sometimes you might project them on the other person. Sometimes it might change your behavior. These are things that are very helpful to understand whether it's a platonic relationship or a romantic relationship. It's just reasonable that this is what happens to people. 
So those are some of the significant aspects of seeking first to understanding. I have some suggestions for you if you as a human being are interested in seeking first to understand. So number one, commit, be all in. It's that simple, commit, be all in. Two, learn emotional processing skills. This is going to help you in every area of your life. It will help you be happier. It will help you be healthier. It will help you deal with depression, sadness, anxiety, anger. It will help you in every area of life. I promise you. It's free. It's on my website. You don't have to register. It includes basic psychology, rational thinking. It's the whole shebang. So go to my website and just take it for free and start the process. If you get the workbook and it sounds like gibberish, do not give up and do not quit. What that means, if it sounds like gibberish, is that this is outside the scope of your current thinking. It simply means it's beyond the boundaries you have for the way that you look at life and think. What you would need to do if it sounds like gibberish, which by the way, I am not sound, saying in any way that it will sound like gibberish. If you get triggered by love, get triggered by happiness, if happiness is like the antithesis of how you live life, yes, it might sound like gibberish. And we have people in the world, we have plenty of people in the world that they almost can't stand happiness. So if it sounds like gibberish or you start to fall asleep or you think, oh, this is too much, just little by little, keep going back, keep going back, keep reading it, it will become more and more familiar. Number three, put yourself on a delicious, amazing, magical journey of personal growth and development because you can. Personal growth and development is the access to love, happiness, health, well-being, good relationships. Personal growth and development is the access to all the good stuff. Start with yourself. Get to work on yourself. Number four. Is self-discipline a problem? I bring this up because some people just have issues with self-discipline. Put it on your list and deal with it, okay? Don't let this lack of self-discipline thwart you from understanding someone else, which for some of you, that's going to be a problem. Number five, be present, be mindful. We already heard a quote from an ancient philosopher about being present. This is... I have a podcast on being present and being mindful. It will help you in all areas of life. And we've been talking about being being present since the beginning of early days of human humankind. Number six, the power of your mind. That is the title of a recent podcast, The Power of Your Mind, which I beg you to go listen to because if you want to have an amazing, powerful, happy life, it's really helpful if you understand the power of your mind. That's where your thinking happens. That's where your emotional processing happens. That's where your subconscious and unconscious mind happens. This is where like the rubber meets the road, people. In your mind. So understand the power of your mind. Listen to that podcast. Number seven, learn to control your mind. I personally think once you understand the power of your mind, you might want to tame that beast. Because for some of you, your mind is a literal beast. 
It's like it's like the Wicked Witch of the West or, you know, something from the, you know, the bad character, you know, in Star Wars. Who would that be? Darth Vader. Like constantly causing you problems. That doesn't need to be the case because you can learn to control your mind. That has also been done since the beginning of the time. So that podcast will help you. But if your mind is not under your control, get it under control. Number eight, self-love, self-compassion. I have a podcast on self-care and self-compassion, another podcast on loving yourself. I have lots of podcasts that will help you. However, I have to say, if you hate yourself and you really don't like yourself, that is probably going to be a huge roadblock for you to be able to understand someone else. I, I think so. I hate to, I hate to say it. Bring self-love, self-compassion. Number nine is my suggestion is self-care. Do, do self-care like a boss and love it. Like, <laughs> like even when I'm not planning on seeing anybody, I'm doing my self-care and enjoying it. Number 10, come from love and affection. So when I say come from love and affection, I mean being love, being love and affection, like it's your home base. Now for many people, for most people actually, love and affection is not their home base. And it's a struggle to make that stretch, to make that leap. Well, I already suggested growth and development and hopefully you're gonna put love and affection as a primary goal for yourself that you are well loved whether you have romantic love or platonic love or both i have no skin in the game for that you do life how you want to do life but love is medicine love is extremely powerful and i have more than eight podcasts maybe nine i have to count them up on love or love and affection or issues related to love number 11 Make your life fun and playful. First of all, it feels way better (laughs) to have fun and to be playful. I just have to tell you, it's way more fun. It feels way better. It's way more fun. And I do have a podcast about being playful and fun. You can be have very serious goals, people, and still be playful and fun. It's not mutually exclusive. Trust me, listen to that podcast. I mean, I decided in high school, I was not going to be a serious fuddy-duddy as an adult. No, I also decided I'm going to have goals and be successful and make something of myself in my life. But I decided it did, I didn't have to exclude being playful and fun. So make your life playful and fun. Or you can have it be boring. You can have it be drudgery. It's your choice. Twelve. When you discover that someone is not for you, Now, this could be any number of the situations I gave earlier. You have to, in my humble opinion, deal with it. You have to face your painful emotions. You have to deal with it. It's not going to magically go away. Whether it's somebody who's a hater or doing a smear campaign or a narcissist or psychopath or just somebody who's the garden variety abuser or just somebody who's not for you. Deal with your emotions using my workbook. And then as you deal with your emotions, as the workbook takes you through the process, towards the end, you can come up with a well thought out, based in reality, conclusion or decision about what action or actions to take, if any, moving forward. 
you have to you have to deal with that i hate to break it to you for some of you this is as i wrap up this for some of you this is a brand new way of thinking or approaching life i understand so you can ponder it consider it i i highly highly recommend it <laughs> and it's interesting because last year someone brought up the content of my podcast what is your evidence because they said you're always talking about facts I said, yes, I am always talking about facts because you want to use facts in decision making and in reasoning and in understanding like facts are important. Your emotions are important, too. But unless you're an emotional reasoner, in which case you use your emotions to reason with, which is a problem. It's also a cognitive distortion. Facts are important. So this is an age old concept to seek first to understand which still has immense value in life. Hopefully I've made that clear. I do love you. I do care about what's going on with you and in your life. Let me know how I can help you. Hang in there for now. With my non-musical outro, I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast. Episode number 195, Seek First to Understand. If you haven't operated seeking to understand others first, you might want to try it on. You might see how that goes for you. I do request you share this podcast on social media to help other people grow and develop. I do love you. That's it. Take care for now.